I still think that is a general theme in Prince Caspian that's eh, decently effective as a movie, but they did it in a very different way. I agree 100% that it's there. I would just say it's so muted. Welcome to Talking Beasts from NarniaWeb.com, where we explore the world of C.S. Lewis and keep a watchful eye on the latest Narnia movie news. This is Talking Beasts. Here we are again, Rillian. Here we are again. Talking about Prince Caspian. How many times have we talked about this movie? It's been 15 years since the movie came out. I was so tall. Well, you were older then. As opposed to hundreds of years later, when you're younger. (laughs) The Chronicles of Narnia Prince Caspian, which remains a very divisive film but uh yeah we this is the origins of the podcast are in this movie and <laughs> we've seen it they many really many times because not the line with the wardrobe came and went without podcast fanfare um and podcasts were a new thing and well, i've always said you know you, a few months after wardrobe came out you messaged me and said hey would you want to be a part of my narnia podcast and i said what's a podcast <laughs> you, you yeah. kind of had to explain it to me. I uh, it's part of me that when I thought about doing a retrospective episode, and I went, "Man, what else can I say about this movie?" I did a, of course, I did a whole YouTube channel, like counting down the days, and every time there was a casting announcement or a new picture or a new rumor or a trailer or whatever, um, do a video about it. Um, so I've even before the movie had come out, I had already spent so much time thinking about it and analyzing it, and then it came out. You had to go and actually watch the movie and analyze the actual movie. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so here we are, 15 years later. Um, this remains a very divisive movie. Um, I think I, I I think this movie has high mountains and deep valleys. There's things I love. There's things I really, really don't love. I wanted to find my original review, uh, Narnia Weber review, and I couldn't find it. I remember describing it as a mixed bag. But basically saying I think I liked it more uh, overall than Which the Wardrobe at the time. But which is not which is not a popular position. Yeah, mm. it's not. Uh, but I said it, it's more. Um, I said it is more of a mixed bag. Like the negatives are more negative, right? But I felt like the positives were more positive, and uh, you know it was a, it was a net gain. There's a large portion of people listening that probably disliked or even hated Prince Caspian. Um, did a poll in the. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia Facebook group, not the Talking Beast one. I thought it might be interesting to get a broader sample. So I put this one in the Narnia Facebook group and said, on a scale of one to five, uh, how would you rate Prince Caspian as an adaptation? With five meaning perfect and one meaning bad. And the winning answer was uh, a three out of five with 38%. Um, so, and then second place was. 28% gave it a four. So, you know, leaning slightly positive, but not an enthusiastic positive would probably be the description of 
Narnie Webbers as a whole. So there's a, there's a good percentage that dislike it and not, not in a decent amount that really dislike it. Go, oh, they trash the books. Oh, the Night Raid. Oh, Peter's character, Caspian Susan. I can't believe it. And I, so I'm kind of have those are the kind of the listeners I have in mind right now doing this retrospective, not trying to uh, persuade you that you're wrong because it's a movie. You had your own experience with it and it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to persuade you that you're wrong about that any more than I'm going to persuade you to like a food you don't like. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Um, but, but, but hoping to just make you kind of just understand a little bit how uh, someone like me who loves the book as much as you do can watch this and say, hey, I actually don't love, but actually kind of like it. So I hope, ho- hope you'll be having an open mind. Just be patient with me. But you just recently rewatched this film for the like the you know twenty second time or something, right? I, I, I did, and I'm not gonna say anything about pacing because I did watch it at one point two five speed. Because <laughs> I no, you did to get through it. Yes, I did. Oh, so I needed so I needed to get through it. Um, but and I would like that stop. Battle, and the second battle just zips by, man. I know. I would stop and watch certain scenes again. Um, I, I, at normal speed. Uh, so I watched some parts of it at normal speed, but just because to finish it in time for the podcast. What are your thoughts on The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, 2008, directed by Andrew Adamson? So re-watching it, I, I kind of have a caveat that I haven't watched The Lion, the Woods, the Wardrobe with this back-to-back in a long, long time. Uh, I probably rewatched Lion, the Woods, the Wardrobe a couple years ago. I'll start off with some of the good stuff that really uh, I kind of had for maybe forgotten about. Uh, right out the gate, I mean, the movie starts much with much more action, which was sort of controversial. It kind of is in media's res action start of the film. Um, but the film, the Narnia and the people and the places it and the cinematography, it felt real. It felt like it was a real place. And I'm not making a case for, um, oh, the film has to be dark and gritty and real, which some people maybe like of their fantasy. It, no, it can look gorgeous a and beautiful. A savage place that you remember. Exactly. It, it can be gorgeous and beautiful. A great example is David Cameron's Pandora. It looks beautiful and magical, but it looks real. It doesn't look like he's like, oh, this place looks like it's a real place. And I think it, it supports the thesis of the movie. I think. I think it's it's sort of a you want to long for. I'm not sure if this is effective on you or not, but I think you kind of the audience is supposed to. Oh, I miss the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe, Narnia." It was so pretty and it was so idealized, but now the Telmarines are here. So, in some ways, visually, it, it's I'd say it is more impressive and polished than the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe." Not that the line, "The Witch in the Wardrobe," was unpolished by any means, but uh, Prince Caspian uh, feels well, more. You can see where the money, the the bigger budget went, um, but um, that's not necessarily going to be a consolation for. Um, if you if you love the book and you didn't like a change from from, from the which we love the book obviously, it's not necessarily going to be a consolation to everybody. A couple of Facebook posts I want to introduce here because you named some things you liked about it, and I want to transition us to the negative. Uh, a couple of Facebook posts in the Narnia Facebook group. Joel wrote, "Quote: It's really hard to get past the major deviations from the books, namely the romantic interest between Caspian and Susan, the power struggle between Peter and Caspian, the Narnian and the." and the Narnian assault on Miraz's castle. The essence of the book came through well enough, I suppose, but it felt less like an adaptation of the story and more like trying to simply steal the flavor of the book and apply it to a generic fantasy adventure film template. And then Aaron wrote, quote, 
I feel the main issue was the decision to market it as a teen action blockbuster adventure to appeal to the audience who were enjoying similar films at the time. It kept the bare bones of the book, but took liberties to make it more exciting. I wouldn't call it the worst adaptation I've seen, but it definitely wasn't as faithful as Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And that quote from Aaron made me realize, you know, part of the reason why I say I like Caspian a little more than Wardrobe is that maybe a part of it is that I don't love Wardrobe as much as everyone else did. Like a lot of the criticisms that in those two posts leveled at Prince Caspian, I would apply to Wardrobe as well. I think Wardrobe is kind of, let's take the the plot, the, the let's cherry pick thing, not, not cherry pick, but let's graph the book onto a generic fantasy adventure kind of temp, big blockbuster um, template. Let's amp up the action. We can't just have the snow melt and see the flowers coming out. Where's the fun in that? We got to have a big action scene where the snow melts and the wolves are jumping on them. And of course, we must can't introduce have... conflict halfway through the story. Yeah, exactly. And we can't uh, have we can't just have the battle be told in retrospect. Oh, that's boring. We got to show like a twelve minute battle. Um, and then you know we can't have even the, like, all of chapter sixteen of the line, the witch in the wardrobe. Just about all of it is restoring statues and the joy of that. Uh, boring. You get five seconds of Aslan saying, hey, Peter needs everyone we can find. And that's all you get. And same thing happened in Prince Casting, where they cut out Bacchus and Silenus, and they made it uh, much more of a military victory at the end there. So a lot of the those criticisms of Prince Caspian, I would also put online the Witch and the Wardrobe as well. I think both of them I would describe as eh, decent movies and decent adaptations. I mean, I'm getting the sense that, so you hinted that you have a more negative opinion of this than you did before. So... Talk about that. What was some of the negative stuff that maybe stood out to you more this time than before? So on on a light note, there were some things that we kind of we did notice before that we talked about, but they jumped out at me way more. For example, it's not obvious like are, are the Narnians an old myth or are they like extinct like the dinosaurs that's they're very vague about that they're very vague it doesn't really make sense like miraz talks about it being history so yeah it's it's vague in like does did miraz believe the narnians were a myth that never existed or did he believe they were extinct and and you can really sit down and pick the script apart and make it pretty consistent but you shouldn't this is a really important point you should not have to do that um so yeah completely completely agree and some things like, wait, oh yeah, Miraz isn't king. Why is he waiting till all this time to crown himself king? This so he's just been patiently waiting as co-equal among all these other lords. That seems odd. And then, oh, I guess all these people are cheering for him because they're happy that he's king. And oh, I, I guess now they're cheering that there's a new king, Caspian, you know, when the Narnians ride in at the end of the movie. But well, uh, but they're cheering very half-heartedly when Miraz becomes king. Because he, he's a usurper. He's a good politician. He's managed to find the crack in the system. I couldn't really tell, honestly. It was kind of like, because there's no little old lady yelling, boo, boo, boo. So I didn't pick <laughs> no, up the no, no, but No, but, but if you look at the crowd, when Miraz walks onto the balcony after being crowned, they're kind of like, uh. But then it didn't show up on a screen this size. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Then they're, then they're very, very happy uh, when the Narnians come in, you know. Um, uh, but... There's just it's just some of the things like and I'm I'm kind of having a hard time like, okay, so Caspian has this knowledge of the Narnians, but you don't really get this sense of but he just loves like loves the old stories and he just yearns for it, like just wishes from his, you know, the deepest part of his heart that it would would come back. 
like it says in the book, it, which not that it even has to match the book, but in the book, it's like, well, this is kind of explains what he's doing. It's not like, you know, because again, it's almost like, oh, oh, this is cool. The dinosaurs came back, you know, it doesn't make as much sense when you're watching. You're like, wait, why, why are these people doing all this stuff? Like, you know, so certain things didn't hold together as well. Um, but yeah, th- th- those are a few things that I'll, I'll get to some of the bigger stuff. Sure. But yeah, feel no, free to sense. comment as I'm going. No, that, that that makes sense. And like, and obviously Caspian's awe of, wow, you know, one of the best lines in the book, oh, there are real dwarfs still and I've seen one at last. And just the Caspian's excitement of his seeing his bedtime stories come to life before his eyes is such, such an important idea in the book. And it's not in the movie. It's barely in the movie. And one of the most one of my one of the lines that I always remember struck out uh, stuck out with me in the book was Miraz when he says, like, "Don't there's no such thing as Aslan, and there's no such thing no as such lions." Thing as lions, <laughs> and which like, oh, yeah, like a, uh-huh. it's a completely different perspective on like what life is, you know? Right. Um, uh-huh. and, and I always loved that line, but yeah. So I, I'm not going to really critique s- some of the structural changes to the story. Because there, there's so much that you kind of you had a really good thread one time on like the kind of the, the domino effect of like well if you want this you have to change this and if you want that you have to change this other thing because of the the inherent structural problems of uh, Prince Caspian, um, but honestly a big part that was kind of staring me in the face the whole time was contrast as an adaptation contrast with the book and I think the movie even suffered in terms of bringing you into the story um, was there's this question of, okay, what, what, what is the old Narnia? Cause in the book, it's not just these animals were around. Oh, isn't that cool? There's talking animals. Now there's not, no, no, no. It was, it was a whole way of life. It was a system. It was a system of honor. These, these knights of Narnia the, the that four, were real the four Kings and Queens and Aslan blood. above them. Mm-hmm. Yes. With Aslan above them, there was this, there was this, goodness this moral goodness uh to the to the land that is gone the right king was on the throne and the what was staring me in the face so um a lot of people talked about how there's there are certain things that you know people have talked about how they're that are missing from the story kind of the how aslan comes and heals narnia um one thing i did like about this kind of contrasted with the line with the wardrobe in this they do structure the story uh even with a lot of changes to really try to make no aslan's the the center of this we have to get to aslan he is the one who is going to save us yeah which, which was compared very to line the witch in the wardrobe i really do appreciate because because in the line the witch in the wardrobe two quick examples i mean it's not at in the movie it's the kids that cause the snow to melt it's not aslan and uh, and I and I just think that um, and really you get this in the the movie the witch and Aslan I would argue feel like more or less equals like it's not like in the book where Aslan is clearly in another league over the White Witch whereas in this one it's clear that and, and, and like the kids feel like the real heroes of the line the witch and the wardrobe movie yes. and then Prince Caspian and I think it's very clear Aslan's yeah. the hero there's no question even though he doesn't have as yes. much screen time Aslan is the only one it, it well it, I would phrase it a slightly different way in the line the witch and the wardrobe only the children can save Narnia. In Prince Caspian, only Aslan can save Narnia. It's very clear by the end of the story uh, through they, they try to, I understand maybe there was some good intent trying to humble Peter's character, recenter the story about, well, it's not going to be won through a martial victory. Only Aslan can save them. Um, but there's a couple things that were, were 
drastically kind of missing. One, the fact that Aslan isn't really bringing the healing to Narnia as well. Uh, and I understand that would be kind of difficult to do. Uh, right. I mean, he, he, he brings the trees and they whack all the Telmarines in the yeah. face. Um. It's, it's a, it still reduces what Aslan brings to a martial victory alone. The other thing that is missing is uh, that Caspian is kind of Caspian is kind of naive but wholesome character in the first book, but he hasn't witnessed the honor and chivalry of Old Narnia not firsthand. He's just heard about it, and through Reepy Cheep and Peter, probably maybe reversed order actually, Peter and Reepy Cheep show Ca- uh, show Caspian what real chivalry looks like, what real honor looks like. And the, what they did to Peter's character, it, it obliterated that for me. It's well, uh, I would like to respond to this as soon as you're done. Okay. As soon as I'm done, like, and that, that whole theme, like for one thing, two quick points on like on each character, how they were treated. One, if you spend, like, I remember like growing up, there were guys in my church who were, you know, special forces, all these combat veterans. It's not just that these guys have lived a life where they have this physical prowess in war and all these experiences, these checkboxes. There's a patience and maturity and wisdom that comes with that, that uh, Peter in the book had, even when he's making these mistakes, he's not annoying. He doesn't act childish. He's making mistakes, but he's not acting annoying and childish. You don't dislike the character while it's happening. And for Reepy Cheap, you know, it it just hurt me that even like the moment where they bring him up like in the book when he's almost killed, basically they think he's dead. And it's this, oh no, Reepy Cheap moment. In the movie, they make it a punchline. All of his chivalry, all of his chivalry, yeah, they make it kind of like a they have the little bagpipes and it, it is funny, but it's like, uh, I feel like so much of it was made for either a punchline or to give a character a character arc. Um, so that's what I felt like it destroyed that chivalry theme in the book that is so core to it. So the, the, I think this, this is a pretty good example of my feeling on Prince Caspian as an adaptation and why I don't dislike it as much as everyone else does. Uh, or, but many people do. Um, so as a fan of the book, yes, like it, 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 it hurts me to see Reaper Cheap's near death done a little bit tongue-in-cheek um it hurts to see the way peter uh the the tension his antagonism with caspian and first thing he said just about the first thing he says to him in the book is i haven't come to take your place i'm going to put you into it i completely agree with the example that him him seeing that that kind of honor and chivalry before his eyes after having a king like miraz for so long you know that 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 um that that element in that way is not really in the movie however i don't think that it's completely absent in the movie i think the idea in the it's just not necessarily expressed through peter as much but the idea in the movie is that yes peter is a more of a it's all about me initially this is the problem with peter initially it's all about me i'm going to come in and i'm going to save narnia he's forgotten like lucy has to remind him that it was really aslan that did that so he's got to humble himself in the movie and say no really my role in this is to pass on the mantle to somebody else so he gets humbled and passes on his sword to Caspian, which is a recurring motif in the movie, is passing out the passing on of swords. Um, he ultimately spares Miraz's life in the single combat. 
uh, gives the sword to Caspian and says, you know what? The kingship is not mine. This is not my decision. I'm going to give this decision over to Caspian, something a Telmarine king would never do. Caspian, although he has a lot of reasons to kill Miraz, chooses to sp- spare Miraz's life. And there's this cutaway to Glazelle where he's like shocked and, and really impressed that Caspian just did that. Sepespian want- wanted Miraz to get killed, and he assumed that Peter, like any other king, would, of course, is going to is going to kill Miraz, given the chance. Um, But instead, Peter chooses to show mercy, and then Caspian chooses to show mercy. And there's this look of shock on Glazelle's face that, like, what? I've never imagined a king like this before. Um, And so I think there is a... um, I think there is a trajectory in the movie where that idea is is explored. So is it as impactful as the book? No, I don't really think so. So um, while I do agree with you on the specifics... On, yeah, it's a shame that wasn't in there. Um, I still think that is a general theme in Prince Caspian that's eh, decently effective as a as a movie, but they did it in a very different way. I agree with I agree 100 that it's there. I would just say it's so muted, you don't get the forceful impact. Um, Maybe um, I mean it's at the end of the single combat. You know, Peter saying. Um, giving the sword after the entire time. He literally first he gives his sword to Caspian and says, This is this is for you. This isn't for me. That's a very I think that's a very humble thing to do. To say he's really saying, Caspian, you're the future, it's not me. And then Caspian choosing to spare M- Miraz's life. I think that's a big that's not the kind of thing a king like Miraz would ever do. And then Glazelle clearly very impressed and shocked uh that Caspian did that. And then that's why Glazelle doesn't. That's why Glazelle, when given the chance to kill Caspian on the battlefield, doesn't do it. Um, and I love that whole journey of. of I really like. The, it's one of the strongest parts of the movie is the Glazelle character in the movie. He's caught up in the system. He doesn't know what to do. And he's just like, this is just what being a king is. This is just what. Uh, that that's just what how things are. And Peter and Caspian demonstrate no. Maybe there's another way. And all that starts when Peter starts putting. Aslan on the throne and realizing that my role in this is just to pass on a mantle to Caspian and then Caspian's role will be to pass it on to somebody else eventually. Now, I don't think that's as as powerful and as eloquently expressed as maybe I'm making it sound, um, but I do think it's in there and it's decently effective. So uh, that's why I'm not as, I'm not nearly as upset about those things as most people is is my point. Yeah, I think think you and I don't disagree about any of the facts. I think it's more of just what we at some point it's the subjective experience of what was emphasized as a viewer you know for me it wasn't emphasized hardly at all like i'm like oh yeah i guess in hindsight yeah it's there uh but in the moment it doesn't feel like he's doing this out of chivalry necessarily but um it's yeah (laughs) and they definitely and they definitely made the right decision retconning the caspian accent i'm like Oh yeah, that yeah. was like it was like okay, like we've got like Italian accents, Spanish accents, Hispan- you know, Latin American accents, you know, fake Italian accents, you uh-huh. know, like. Oh. Uh, but uh, um, most of us will uh, agree on that one. Um, but uh, um, but yeah, there's a lot of things uh, about the um, Prince Caspian movie where it's like, um, you know, at the end of the day. Prince Caspian, the book to me, is about the sadness of the old days being gone, the hope that they might return. And I do think the movie is pretty much about the same thing. I think it does a pretty good job on the yearning and the longing for the old days. It does a kind of meh job at the joy and excitement when they do return. But I think I do feel that sense of nostalgia and that longing for the old days 
um, I, I connect with the characters in this version of the story, and I feel those still overriding the the big picture emotions I feel when I read the book. Uh, broadly speaking, not nearly as powerfully as effectively. If you didn't, I'm talking about not just you. I mean, all listeners. If you didn't feel that emotional connection, that oh man, I I would really miss the old Narnia. I completely connect with these characters on the screen. If you didn't, I completely understand why every little thing would just annoy the crap out of you. Um, but for me, because that that underlining emotional connection with oh, I re- just like the characters in this movie. I wish the old days could return because I connect with that. Uh, that make that's what I walk out of the movie kind of remembering, and that's why I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, I still kind of have a generally positive feeling about it as a fan of the book. That's probably a good. Summary. See, I had that too, but then rewatching it, I found myself asking, "Am I imputing this from the book into my experience in the movie?" Because in the movie, I I was feeling more like, "Oh, it's really terrible." The Narnians are forced into hiding and. It's really terrible they're being oppressed and and that's really that's really awful that they're being that they that people don't even know they're real and they can't they can't even live as free Narnians. because uh, as far as what is the old Narnia, that's really kind of it. I mean right. it's, it's I not, agree. It's it's too vague. What are they really fighting for and what's really on the line here is a little I mean, it sucks. They gotta sleep, so they gotta sleep outside now in the woods. That that, that sucks. <laughs> let, but let me, is let that me really it? it? In the book, it's it's really clear. Okay, uh, with 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 the high kings uh, coming back, uh, or I guess it's high kings is a band uh, from Ireland. Yeah. High king, the high kings, are <laughs> the high king, the high king, the the, the two kings and queens. Uh, uh, from the golden age coming back, like what? What's coming back? Okay, Aslan will be, uh, Aslan's going to be in charge again. There will be a son of Adam on the throne. There will be uh, things will be right in Narnia. Th- things will be ruled the way they should be. You know, the there will be freedom for the Narnians. But the, like, it's almost that third thing is the only thing that you have in this one because it's kind of like okay, wait, so so Aslan's brought back. I'll go, I guess the trees are back and the river God is a thing. This problem of what are we fighting for and what is old Narnia exactly? I think some of the blame goes on the line, the witch in the wardrobe, which gives you the sense that Narnia where pretty much everybody in Narnia is part of the military and that's all they do. <laughs> um, so I, I think, um, they all know I, how to fight. They can follow this giant army. Like boom, they've got, overnight. They've, they've got, they've got this, everyone, every species has their own unique armor. Part of the blame for this falls on the line of the Witch in the Wardrobe, I think, for not doing a great job of what is like when they're not fighting. What did what do they actually do in Narnia? Um, if you had created redone Ka- Peter's character and Caspian's character, you could have had that opening line of "I came not to take the throne, but to set you on it." You could have had that line and still had the night raid. I don't know because, like again, because of the way they have restructured the story, when he says that line in the book. Like we're in the third act, and Peter he's gone on a journey, a literal you know foot journey, where he's like, no, I can do this. I mean, what Peter does in broadly in the movie, where at first he's like, I'm gonna do it my way, I'm the hero, and then he has to get humbled and say, I've been leading them wrong all along. That is that's an accurate description of his journey in both the book and the movie. He's just not nearly as annoying <laughs> in the book, and it's a lot shorter. But but that's exactly what happened. I just wish they had not made him annoying. 
I, I think they could have. Th- that's the major thing is that Mosley's performance is it's way too. I much. don't even know if it's the dialogue. Um, I don't know if it's like I don't know if it was the directing or the acting or both. The dialogue um, is there. I I think it's I think it's all of it. I think the dialogue uh, that explains. Yeah, you're it right because there's enough dialogue between him. Just little snide comments that explains it. Then you are mistaken. You know, yeah. it's like you didn't and need snide that. Snide comments and yeah. But like, but conceptually, you know, Peter's like, oh, things are going to be the way they used to be. I'm going to be the king, and then realizing, no, I, it was Aslan that defeated the White Witch, and my role in this is just to pass on the mantle. I, I think I think that is that's a br- good broad description of his arc in the book, <laughs> but um, but it's it's not well executed. They tried to follow that trajectory. Like it was clear they were trying. They looked at the what happens to Peter in the book and they tried to uh, follow that roller coaster, <laughs> just put it in a different theme park. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and make it a lot longer, make, make it a lot longer, you know, bigger roller but, uh, coaster, but, but it'll have the same dip and the same rise. But the key line you're talking about, which is in the book, when uh, P- Peter meets Caspian, he says, I have not come to take your place, but to put you into it. I mean, that's um, the, because of the structure of the story, um, we're in the third act here, and Peter's gone on a journey. Whereas in the movie, we're one third of the way into the story. The story's just starting. Peter's barely started his journey. Um, so I'm not saying it'd be impossible to um, have a more cordial relationship between Peter and Caspian early on, but I, I, I can understand the, the the problem of well, because of the way we restructured the story, where we've eliminated the flashback and we, we've eliminated the, doing a nonlinear story. Well, now we've got our main characters meeting, and we're not ready for Peter to say, you know what, it's all about Aslan. Well, no, we want Peter to go on a journey where in the third act he has that realization. Um, so I'd be curious how you feel about uh, the night raid on this latest viewing. Because um, my feel is a lot of people, whenever they talk about, um, oh, I hated Prince Caspian, all the changes, all the additions, and oh, why, why did they have to add that big battle scene, that big night raid of Miraz's castle? Uh, I don't love it. I especially hate the. You, you killed my father. Prepare to die, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, number one, I think it's really effective at the end when you see all. Uh, there's that shot of Edmund on the Griffin. You see all the Narnians dead, and it's. Re- I think it's it's really effective. Like this is. It's not just because oh, this is really sad. All those creatures die, but it's wow. This is the kind of thing that would not have happened in the line of the witch because it's a more PG movie. That's the kind of thing that would not have happened. And now those things can, can happen. Wow. This is just, it's a more, Narnia's most savage place. And you remember, and that's really sad. I really miss the old Narnia. There's a sense, there's a sense of innocence that's been lost. Um, so that's, that's number one, uh, why I find it, uh, very emotionally moving and effective and supports a, an idea in the book and in the movie. Um, but I would also say it serves a similar plot point as the book where in the book, the characters, they haven't blown the horn yet. Sorry, they haven't called for help yet. I'll just use more vague description there. In the book, they haven't called for help yet. They're fighting, and there's a battle where everything goes wrong, and they're in their darkest hour, and they realize we have to call for help. That is an accurate description of both the book and the movie. There's a battle where everything goes wrong, and the afterwards they realize we have to call for help. In the book, the form that help takes is blowing the horn. And in the movie, the form that takes it, the form that help takes is we have to go find Aslan by like riding off in the woods or whatever it is they're gonna do. Uh, <laughs> it's a little again too vague. Um, but uh, yeah. so I, I find the night raid emotionally moving, and it's it's clearly serves a similar plot point as in the book, and it uh, I think it, it reinforces the central idea of the sadness of the innocence of the old days being gone. So it has flaws with it, but uh, I, I I definitely don't dislike it to the extent that. Um, other people do. 
Ma- many people. Yeah, are. I I don't. Yeah, no, because they discuss the night raid in the book, and there is a battle that takes place. It's very good, passed over very briefly, where, where basically everything goes wrong. They, they discuss. They say that they discuss a castle raid. They discuss a castle raid in the book. Um, and oh, then and, there and, is and a they decide not to. Yeah, and they decide not That's to. Right. They decide not yeah. to. Um, and then Reba Jeep's idea. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they decide, uh, and there is a battle. You're right, where everything goes wrong. So I didn't. Again, I, I get because there, I would allow there are a lot of structural changes that have to happen. Um, here's again part of why I think my issue with the night raid. Like every time, every moment during the night raid, I'm like, I'm just rolling my eyes. It's not um, Susan throwing an arrow. <laughs> oh, there's not, not well. Yes, there's that, but um, there was. It was just the. I get frustrated because on one hand, I feel like oh, they should have had a little more dialogue to make this thing more clear. And then there's certain things that are so on the nose, like, well, who are you really doing this for, Peter? I'm like, oh, okay, yes, I thank you, Susan, <laughs> thank you, Captain Obvious, you know. But, um, but the thing is, here, here's why I had an issue with if Peter, uh, I felt like it diminished the lesson actually of Peter learning humility for the audience. And the reason being in the book, Peter, the whole time he's a likable character. And if you see, you actually kind of see good leadership or up close, even like good leaders making bad decisions. It's not like they just become jerks all of a sudden. They're terrible people. It's, it's more powerful when you can see someone who you like, who's a real protagonist who makes an error or, or gets prideful and you realize, Oh, you know what? This really good person can can stumble, can make really hor- horrible errors that get, get people killed. Um, and it, whereas uh, when you're watching it, you're kind of like it's almost like an audience would uh, to contrast like the experience, right? Watch the movie, reading the book to say this, like an audience or re- watching the movie, you're kind of like, oh, if I were Peter, huh, I wouldn't be a jerk. I just wouldn't be doing that. You know, yeah. okay, well, yes, whether that's true or not. Okay, yes, I get the lesson, but yeah, I'd probably be frustrated. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be a jerk. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Whereas in the book, I'm reading the part where, which is a little more passed over a little bit with, with Lucy seeing Aslan. Trumpkin and you relate to Peter at, and the other it, characters. You relate to Peter. I relate to Peter. I relate to Trumpkin. I relate to Susan. I'm like, I sure. would probably be just like them. You That's know, a good point. even all those times where they're like, uh, I can see him. Hey, I'm looking at him right now. I can see uh-huh. him. Like, uh-huh. can you see him? Uh, maybe. I'm, I'm thinking that that would probably be me, you know? And here's a you good person yourself, that you yeah. like. Like, my, Yeah. And so I think that I agree. it's more powerful when you realize, you know, okay, you know what? This, this good person can do this bad thing. Yeah, uh, like the, uh, the night raid, like, like, yeah, the night raid seems pretty obviously to be a bad idea to, to probably to most audience members too not, um, not even not even tactically i just mean the way that peter was acting during yeah yep i'm just saying i i think you could have found i think you could have shown okay it, it, it comes from his pride but it does he doesn't have to be you know it's like ask him why everyone died you know like right and the key point you bring up i think yeah is that in the book you completely identify with peter and the others and go yeah i, I would be I'd be struggling with that too. If Lucy said, take my word for it. I can see Aslan. Yeah, I would be struggling with that too. Here, here's the thing. This is one of the this is one of my I could, you know, this is why I got so irritated with this, because it felt like they took the character backwards. In the book, you understand that even with his failings, 
Peter in Prince Caspian, he is more mature than cat than Peter in the first book in line with the wardrobe. He has grown since then. It's not like he's like regressed in maturity, even with his failings. Because now, well, yeah, but he's he's making these mistakes. He like Aslan's not there with him. The beavers aren't there with him. He is he is the leader. He is in this leadership role. You know, he there's no one like there helping him. He is the help. You know, so in the book, it, you don't really question that. Yeah, he's earned he's earned being the high king. Whereas in the movie, it's kind of like okay this guy this this guy's the king like exactly exactly it's like like and i don't like that character regression without a good explanation because like you're like wait a second why is he so much more regressive why like you know well there's an explanation yeah but it's not a good one it doesn't work for the film and it doesn't make you like the character like okay i'm not supposed to be so annoyed by this main character who's a hero right yeah you know Um, those are all some really good points i think there's a lot of in thirty thousand. there's a lot of Broadly speaking, there's some okay, it's a, a decent, at least I see what they were trying to do, and it could have been good ideas with Prince Caspian, the execution. And look, it's not an easy thing to do to say, look, this character is clearly flawed, and we want them to, uh, you know, they're right. clearly on the wrong track. We want to see them get better, but we also want to like them and identify with them. That's obviously not an easy thing to do. Um, so I'm not hating on Marcus and McFeely, but uh, the, the execution, I think, on the writing and the acting and the directing um, was just, uh, unfortunately, a misfire. And, and even Caspian, too. I got really irritated with just I, 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 with the character of Caspian at times. And, and at times you sympathize with him. And at times you're like, wait, what, what is he really thinking? Um, I feel like the most noble – I mean, Reaping Chief's noble and chivalrous in the movie. It's, it's kind of played up for laughs. Um but uh, I felt like honestly, the character that best exemplifies Narnian chivalry is Edmund. <laughs> I mean, he's like he's there, like okay, yeah, he gets in the fight. Like I mean, it's your big brother; you got to jump in the fight. And then afterwards is where you go, hey, that was a good idea, you know. <laughs> so Ed- Ed- Edmund's probably the thing we can all be pretty united on. That like Ed- Ed- he doesn't have many lines, unfortunately, but like almost everything he says is like a great line and well acted by Skander. I really appreciated that they do focus more on Aslan, even if they get some things wrong and it's not really clear, you know, <laughs> it's kind of vague, like, well, so you go into the woods and you'll find him somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, to sum up for me, like, again, like a lot of discussions I've had with people that really hate the movie. I don't think you hate the movie, but people no, that... No, no. I, I just don't think I could say I like it more than Lionel's The Wardrobe anymore. Maybe if I watch them back to back, I'll have a final verdict. But right now, I'm like, I think I like Lion Lose the Wardrobe better. Yeah. So I'd be curious to hear what you take take with a fresh take on it. Uh, I, for me, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe has always been, it's pretty consistently fine. Like the the Lucy's first time in the wardrobe, that's that's magical, that's lovely, uh, and I'd say parts of the battle, especially Peter fighting the witch, that's actually kind of gets me in the feels. But everything else is just like, oh, it's fine. It's it's pretty good. It's all right. Um, whereas Prince Caspian, like I said at the beginning, it has high mountains and deep valleys. And we've talked about a lot of the deep valleys. We haven't even talked about the romance that much as <laughs> a deep valley. Oh, um, the one I predicted. But, uh, yes, uh. and perhaps caused. Um, but, uh, but, but this, oh it's, my got, it's got some high mountains due. Uh, it's got some high mountains as well. I love the scene where they they light the torch and discover this, this stone table. And that kind of sense of, wow, the those are... Char- that's we knew Aslan. We knew that the characters carved into these walls, and now we're 
we're coming back and now it's history and it's mythology. Again, that comes back to, I was more invested in each moment. Even with the moments I didn't like, I was more invested in them. It's really sad to me. Like I felt like the moment where, uh, Glenn Storm like makes eye contact with his son, you know, like it's sad that the night raid the, behind the, behind the gate, it's sad that the night raid ending is more moving to me than, or Peter rushing the witch is more moving than when Aslan dies or when Aslan comes back. It's, you know, and I, yeah, but because well, I mean, it just is. Yeah. In the line, the witch, the wardrobe movie, I think Aslan's death is, Ah, a poor lion. Because we really haven't established him as Narnia's only hope. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. 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 Whereas in the book, it's like, oh, what hope do we have without Aslan? The, exactly. Um, it's like, well, we still have the kids. Good thing that the witch didn't see them there in the bushes, or we'd be toast. And I think here it's yeah. very clear in the as talking about things that I like. It's very clear that Aslan is the real hero of the story, and he's the only one. He's the only one Narnia's going to win. It's unfortunate that he mostly wins by. Waking up the trees so they can they can whack all the telmarines around, as opposed to the book where he turns people into trees and pigs and brings <laughs> healing. Um, but uh, I did think the musical score was better in this one. Well, I'm not sure I can say it was better because it was almost copy pasted completely from the first movie. There were some new um, themes, but I felt like it, it was, was a couple. More... I thought it was way too much reuse of the old score. There was there was one the battle th- song is like dropped in. Yeah, it's like literally. Like, I, I, just, I think they, there's a lot I've just dropped in, but uh, some other things I liked. I, I like Reapy Cheap. I agree that it's a shame they played some parts of him a little too much for laughs. And it, like Eddie Izzard does a great job. And look, and it's it's a tricky balance to find because Reaper Cheap is funny. And Don Treader and Caspian, he does make you laugh, but he absolutely has his his dignity as well in the book. And that's a challenging balance to find. I really like the visual storytelling with you know Lucy has a dream in the movie where. Narnia looks more like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe Narnia, where it's got the brighter colors, and there's the dryads, and it feels so much more magical. Um, and it's this, wow, good to be back moment. And then she wakes up, and it's a little bit weird in the editing, but 10 seconds later, it goes back to exactly the same spot, and now it's dead, and the trees aren't moving. And I think that's good visual storytelling, adding to the sense of longing for those old days to return. And that's just a, which is a really important idea in the book and in the movie. Sometime we need to discuss... This is a subject for a whole nother podcast, but I think this is our discussions about Aslan and everything. It reveals this kind of a criticism. It's probably one of the better criticisms in that it actually has some substance to it against the Narnia books. What is the deus ex machina concept? Like, well, I don't really like it. I don't think it's good storytelling because God just comes in and saves everybody. Right. Um, But I think that it would be a good topic, but there is this issue where I felt like in both films, the filmmakers don't quite have a good grasp on Aslan or know how to handle him. I agree. They're not quite sure. They're not quite, they kind they can read the book and they can be like, okay, well, here's these lines and here's what he kind of does in the story. We can put that in there, but they're not quite sure how to handle him. I completely agree. I, I like it. I think it's a little bit better in Caspian overall than Wardrobe. Because they do make him the center, yes. And let's not even get into Don Treader, where all he does is say, very well, good job, children. You've done very well, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, ca- yeah, just the conversation we've had now, kind of reacting to a lot of your objections. I don't disagree with very many of your objections, but uh, most uh, general, general, I, I agreed with most of what you said, although I, a lot of it I also reacted with kind of a, I agree, but not to the same extent. Like, I think you're, I think you're being a little too harsh, but um, so so, but at the end of the day, it's because I walk out of the movie 
or I turn it off now that it's you know on on Blu-ray, <laughs> Disney Plus or whatever. But uh, out of the theater, am I uh, seeing this movie five times in theaters? Um, it was always I just walked out remembering the emotions of the longing for the old days to return, um, and um, and just feeling more emotionally connected to what was going on, um, and um, and the idea of coming home and wow, this wasn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way I remembered it. That just really connected me and that it really connected with me emotionally. And so those things jumped off uh, the screen at me. And those ideas are pretty important to me in the book as well. Um, So for me, that's why, even though there are some crimes, some of them appalling, that's what I'd walk away. That's the thing that's kind of ringing in my ears more than the bad stuff. Now that's completely subjective. And if you did, like I said before, if you did not have that kind of instant emotional connection that I, I did, I can absolutely see where every little thing and big thing would drive you crazy and you would not like it as a movie or an adaptation. But uh, that that's the experience I had with it. It'd be interesting. It'd be inter- There'd be really no way to pull this, but it'd be interesting talking to Narnia Webbers who are like, oh, I hate this movie. would be, okay, because that's your experience walking away from the book and walking away from the movie. That's not my experience walking away from the book. The things that stand out It's not to the me, only thing. No, and I'm not saying it's not there in the book. I mean, it, it, but the things that reverberate for me walking away from the book uh, are the themes of really chivalry, probably being the number one thing. How Peter acts, Peter's conduct with Miraz, Reapy Cheap's, uh, you know, conduct, his his uh, Reapy Cheap's friends willing to cut off their own tails, all those little things. Um, I don't know. I just, I think different things kind of echo with me. So then when those are the things that are different in the film, it changes my perception. So it'd be interesting to kind of compare like, did you like it or did you not? And then like, okay, but what did you walk away with from the book? And then they see the differences there because there's going to be differences in how we read the book and what we experience from the book too. I think the chivalry, we have to have a long discussion about what what we mean by chivalry perhaps, but I think it is in the movie. It's not, it's not nearly as powerful as it is in the book, um, but kind of what I, kind of what I described, where it's not done in the same way. It's not necessarily using the same characters or the same beats, but I think it is there. Um, it's just not, yeah, it's just not nearly as impactful as it should be. So I don't disagree with you about how the, the theme of chivalry doesn't jump out as much in the movie. So yeah, it's like yeah, to me that's a criticism, but for you it's a much bigger one because I, I still because see it there. That's more of a hey, oh, well, I read the book and this is what I walked away with. More so, I walked away with that more so than oh yeah, perhaps. this longing for old Narnia. So that I think that changes perhaps, how I watch the film. Maybe I, I don't know. I think I'm just it's jumping out at me more in the movie than it is, and I, th- and I but what you said is valid, and it's a, it's completely subjective, and I completely respect that. Again, it's the job of the filmmaker to, to have uh, your to, opinion really to pull you, you in. to be wrong. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm absolutely not saying that. Um, but it's the job of the filmmaker to pull you in and make you make you feel that. Um, which uh, and that's the thing again this one pulled me in more this one definitely pulled me in way more than Lion of the Wardrobe did and that was something that I I, I really especially like that first scene is like okay I'm in I'm, I am I, in I know? think and this th- one does hook you in it for me it just hooks me into the overall story more whereas mm-hmm. Wardrobe can be throughout throughout it, you know like I think this one feels shorter than Wardrobe even though it's actually longer I would say Wardrobe Probably, is a bit yeah. of a slog in parts in my opinion 
I can't comment because I watched the 1.25 speed this last viewing. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should mention quick. I love Pierre Francesco Pavino as Glazelle. I love that whole edition of. His, that was uh, why I also said that a lot of the actors. I know there were complaints with Trumpkin's character, uh, some of the changes and stuff. I still uh, adaptation issues aside, I still liked the character, and I believe like he was. A, I thought uh, Warwick Davis and. Uh, Peter Dinklage did a great job, uh, it, you know, and I, so I really, I thought all the actors, it was a very well-rounded cast. Um, I thought everyone did a really good job, and I believe that they Sergio were Castellito is a, is a good Miraz, and yeah, I thought um, I believed that all those people were those people. Absolutely, as watching it, the kids too. Well, another Prince Caspian discussion between Glumpuddle and Rillian. Uh, we should throw on the pod like a category, like categories of podcast episodes, like Prince Caspian discussions. <laughs> Be like most of them. Um, well, uh, well, uh, I'll re- I'll rewatch the movie again for the we'll rewatch the movie again for the twentieth anniversary, and we'll see if our thoughts have evolved there. Um, please post comments below. Uh, obviously, I'm sure probably me in particular said a lot of things that people disagree with, and. Um, I, I'd love to hear Feel your... Feel free to send your fan mail to reallyinatnarnyweb.com. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I hope that... I just hope that if you hated the Prince Caspian movie as an adaptation and you love the book, as as I do too, um, I just I hope I've provided a little bit of insight into here's why I think it's okay. Again, it's a decent movie and decent adaptation. I don't think it's great in any category by any means. Uh, I hope that I've given you some level of understanding of that. I, I don't want to change your mind, um, but I would love to hear how is your re- how was your experience and reaction with the movie different from mine. Please post a comment below, and yeah, we'll get we'll get back to this for the next and the twentieth anniversary and see how our thoughts <laughs> have Watch evolved. It again. I'll let you know what my kids think of it at that point because they'll have read the, read I'll have read the books to them and they'll watch the movies in five years. Well, they they got to read the books of course first, so. Oh, 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 my, my wife, only time I walked in and my, my son was holding, my three-year-old son was holding the cardboard, Lion the Woods, the wardrobe, cardboard kids book. The board book. No. The board book. He was holding it. And I looked at my wife and she goes, I'm sorry. And I was like, how could you? She goes, he's three. He will never remember it. I'm like, it's the principle of the thing. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talking Beasts, the Narnia podcast. Visit narniweb.com to join our community and stay up to date on the latest Narnia news. Please post a comment below or in the Talking Beasts Facebook group. Special thanks to all of our Patreon supporters, especially our Knights of Narnia Web. Until next time, further up and further in. <laughs>